praise the Lord, praise the Lord. See, he said in his word that he'll come and gives you a future and a hope. But you can't see your future when you're stuck looking at your feet. You got to look ahead. Don't be stuck at where you're at. Look ahead. God has great things in store. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you all can be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's so good to see you all today. Glad that you could be here on live stream podcast. Praise God. Praise God. Are we, are we all praying for this side over here? I'm praying for This is the righteous side. I see. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we love you. We adore you, Lord. All praise and glory and honor belongs to you, most high God. Lord, we come before you today to sit at your feet, to hear your word, to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, that we would take hold of it, that we would run with it, Lord, that it would be clear, it would be plain, that we'll accomplish and set ourselves to do the things that you have put within our hands to do. Father, I thank you that your word comes, Father, on your anointing, that it removes burdens, it destroys yokes, that it gives insight, revelation, and impartation into our heart. Father, I just thank you that you're more than enough. Thank you, Lord, that you continue to develop us, disciple us, teach us, train us so that we can conform more and more to the image of Jesus, partaking more and more of your divine nature. Father, we bless you. We honor you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Ah. That was good. I like it where I'm at. I don't know about you, but you're looking good. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about uh, the last uh, week or so about the nucleuses of our life and that our habits, our schedules, and our plans orbit around that nucleus. There is a nucleus to our life. There's a nucleus to a church. There's nucleus to a nation. There's a nucleus to a family. There's all kinds of nucleuses in all things. Isn't that right? And attacks come against our nucleus, but it comes against that nucleus by attacking the things that are orbiting around it. So that we can get so busy dealing with the orbits, we forget about and neglect the nucleus. And therefore, the nucleus becomes weak and ineffective in our life. Amen? Amen. Amen. And... That is the design of attacks to distract you, to pull you away. But we saw in Hebrews eleven twenty five that we're in a kingdom, the kingdom of God, that cannot be shaken. When the nuclear, when the kingdom of God becomes our nucleus, our life will not be shaken. It doesn't matter what those people out there are yelling and screaming about. We will not be shaken. It does not matter what the economists are doing. We will not be shaken. It does not matter what anybody or anything is doing. We will not be shaken. It does not matter about a storm coming through. We will not be shaken because the kingdom of God is our nucleus of life. And everything in our life is to orbit around that nucleus. Isn't that right? 
Hallelujah. Our dependence should be and only be on the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit in all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Word of God, part of the kingdom of God, is the only thing that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go over to Psalm 15 for a moment. We're going to read all five verses in the psalm. (laughs) Don't worry, it's not Psalm 119 that we're going to read the whole thing. (laughs) But Psalm 15, verses 1 through 5. O Lord, who may abide in your tent, who may dwell on your holy hill, he who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a retrobate, a reprobate is despised. But who honors those who fear the Lord? He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Glory to God. Glory to God. Why is that? Because those are things of the kingdom. When you're walking in the kingdom, you won't be shaken. Hallelujah. Hold to the Lord in all things. Hold to his word in all things. And you cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, there's times that I hear things from the Holy Spirit. Or I think I hear things from the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Well, what I do is I bounce them off of Pastor Nid. Okay, and I tell her about what I think I'm hearing. Well, why do I do that? Because we're in covenant and we're also in the same direction. You know, it's one thing to be in covenant, a marriage covenant, but it's another thing to be going in the same direction. And we're going in the same direction in that covenant. So we can bounce things off of each other. Amen. Amen. You know, and we're not talking about uh, uh, going in the same direction or having the same desires necessarily materially or naturally. Okay, but we're talking about kingdom things. We both desire to obey God. That is the bottom line foundation in our life. We desire to obey God at all costs and at any cost. Thank you for the two amens. So as we discuss these things between us and what we believe the Holy Spirit is saying, we're still listening to the Holy Spirit within us. Okay, so even though we communicate the Holy Spirit, The Word of God is the nucleus of our life where we are going to set ourselves and set our focus. It's not what we think. It's not, you know, well, let me tell you, you know, what I believe it is. And she disagrees. Well, you're wrong because I know. Oh, yeah, we all know. So be careful. (laughs) No, it's not about, well, you didn't agree with me, so you must be wrong. No, that's not true. Because I realize that this is a hard concept to understand. I might be wrong. I know that's hard to admit, but I might be wrong. And when she says something contrary or different than what I'm believing, I might be wrong. So it's not about what she thinks. It's not about what I think. But in the midst of communication, we're listening to the spirit of God and hear what he has to say. To direct us, because it's not about our good ideas. It's not about what we think is a right idea. 
It's all about what does the Holy Spirit say? Not how you feel, not about your emotions or what you think, but what is the Holy Spirit saying? What does he say in his word? What does he say in your heart? What is he saying by the Spirit of God? What are you perceiving on the inside? Totally separate and disconnected from the emotions and logical realm. Are you with me? Amen. We could point to things in the Bible that was illogical, did not seem like a logical thing to do, but it was what the Spirit of God was directing. And when you do what the Spirit of God directs, that's where the success is. You know, Pastor Ewellen at the 930 service, I heard her say about, you know, how her and Pastor Morgan had some plans, but then God came on the scene and all those plans changed. And she was saying, we don't know what it could have been if we went with our plans. Well, we know that the plan of God is going to be better. (laughs) It's always going to be better. Isn't that right? And, you know, there are times that you've got some really great ideas. I mean, you guys are the best thinkers in the world. You've got some fabulous ideas, but they don't even match God's. And your idea, as good as it looks, will always nail you at the ending. (laughs) But God will add no sorrow to it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Doing the things of the kingdom and you will not be shaken. So over in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1. I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 1. My mistake. Hebrews chapter 1. I'm so used to going to 11. The hall of faith. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Okay, so in the days of old, he spoke, it says, through the prophets in many portions. Now, the word portions means parts in many parts, a piece here, a piece there. Nobody got the full picture. Remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think we talked about how the prophet said that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. Another prophet said the Messiah is coming from Egypt. Another prophet said it's going to be Zebulun and uh, 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 the other place. (laughs) But, and you'd say, well, that's pretty confusing. But it isn't confusing because he was born in Bethlehem. The family fled to Egypt because of Herod killing the babies. And then God called them out of Egypt. And then he was uh, brought up in Nazareth, which is in the district of Zebulun. And then he lived over in Capernaum, which is in the district of Naphtali. So every prophet was right, just that no prophet had the whole thing. Are you with me? So he spoke in many portions and in many parts and in many ways or in different methods. See, and this is why people read the Bible and they get confused. Because you're reading it, of course, with your head. You you can't understand the things of God unless you're born again. You need Jesus as Lord of your life or you'll never understand anything. Jesus even said it. He said, you cannot see the kingdom unless you're born again. You cannot enter the kingdom unless you're born again. Jesus must become the Lord of your life. And it's very simple just to say, Jesus, I receive you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for washing away my sins so that I could be free. It's really simple. You know, you don't need to beat yourself on the back. You don't need to do 6,000 years of penance. You know, it's just really simple. 
It's so simple. The word of God says even a little baby can come to me. Right? Amen. Because you know why he wants it simple? He wants everybody in. But for the most part, most people think they're smart. And when you see how simple it is to be saved, the smart guy goes, well, it can't be that easy. But Jews look for signs and Greeks look for wisdom and they won't get any. Here's the sign. Jesus died, was raised for your sin so you could be saved. It's that simple. Amen. Hallelujah. So he says he spoke to the fathers and the prophets in many portions, many ways in these last days. When did the last days start? On the day of Pentecost. That was the beginning of the last days. Isn't that right? And it says that he spoke, he speaks through his son in many ways or many methods. And it started with the revelation or the manifestation of Messiah coming to, on the face of the earth. And he showed the will of God. You know, I don't know why people think healing is not the will of God. There was never a person that came to Jesus and Jesus said, nah, I'm sorry, not for you. Never happened. He didn't say, well, let me go pray and see if this is what Father wants for you. Never did. In fact, the leper came to Jesus and said, I know you can heal me, but will you? And Jesus stretched out his hands. He said, I will. Because that's the will of God. Amen. The promises of God is for every single person. There are no exceptions in the word of God. You know, the word of God for healing, you know, well, except you, Rob. I'm sorry. You, you know, there was an exception. And it said, did you get that new translation? It said, except Rob. No, there are no exceptions. It's for everybody. It's for just like getting saved. Whosoever will believe it. Isn't that right? Amen. So. Speaking to us started with Messiah coming into the world. And of course, we know Jesus is the word made flesh. And then the Holy Spirit now talks to us about what Jesus said and brings those things to our remembrance. Jesus is the word of God, the logos of God. It's the Greek word logos, which means the totality of it all. He is all of it. All right. He doesn't have a part or a portion. He is it. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. And the Holy Spirit now is the revealer of the truth. And the word of God is truth. Thy word is truth. So the Holy Spirit reveals the truth of the word in our heart. The Holy Spirit can speak to us. The word can speak to us. Uh, Anointed ministry from the fivefold ministry gifts can speak to us in teaching and preaching. Prophetic utterances that we heard can speak to us. There's many different ways and each way has a part. None of us know everything. I'm sorry to burst that bubble, but none of us know everything. Okay? None of us have been given everything. But all is the body of Christ ministries, all within the body of Christ. So he spoke in the old, and he speaks in the new. And he's always wanting to bring us to a future and a good outcome in our future. God's desire for you is always a good outcome. If you feel like you're getting beat over the head and say, well, this is just this is just the lot God has given me. No, that's a lie from the devil. The devil is the one that will beat you over the head. Never God. 
God is good. He is always good. He is only good. He is not mysteriously good. He is good. Isn't that right? Amen. Go to Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. Daniel eleven thirty two. 32. It says, it says, by smooth words, he will turn to godlessness those who act wickedly towards the covenant. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Now, now notice, he's talking here about the Antichrist in the beginning. By smooth words, he will turn to godlessness. Who? He's not going to force anybody to turn to godliness. He's going to turn to godlessness those who already act wickedly towards the covenant. Those that want nothing to do with God. But, thank God for the second part. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Display strength. Display strength, not just talk it. There's not just people that got a good talk. There's not people that reason it. This is not people that can theorize it. This is people that display strength by taking action, and it's the type of action that overcomes in this world. Amen. Amen. Remember when the Lord spoke to Joshua? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Against who? No, it's not against the enemy. Oh, see, I got you there. It is not strong and courageous against the enemy, but God was about to give Joshua instruction. You are to take the people and march around this great city of Jericho once a day without talking. On the seventh day, you will march around it seven times, and then after the seventh time, shout! And the walls are going to fall down. Oh, yeah, I saw that in the military manual. I see how that works. It's laid out right here. Section C, part three, walls fall down when you shout. Every military uh, uh, organization knows that. So he's got to now get the people. March around the city. This is a million people. Marching around the city. No talking. Oh, that's a miracle in itself. No talking. And on the seventh day, we're going to do it seven times. And all that pent-up energy that you've been having by not talking, you're going to shout when you hear the trumpet. And the walls are going to fall down. And everybody said, glory to God, that sounds like a great plan to me. You think there was a few head scratches. But what did they say to Joshua? As we obeyed Moses, so we shall obey you. So therefore, Moses, is this what you say you heard from God? God has spoken this to you. This is what we're going to do. So Joshua had to be strong and courageous to do the things God has told him to do. That's why he says in that same section uh, of instructions, meditate day and night that you would observe to do. Because you need to be strong and courageous to do what the word of God says. Amen. So if you will take courage and strength in me, regardless of what you hear, 
regardless of what you feel, regardless of what you see, you will experience victory. When he says that you will take action, the King James Version says you will do great exploits. And it's for who? Those who not know of God, not those that have kind of seen him at a distance and had a little introduction to him, but it's those that know him. And the word know means an intimate relationship. An intimate relationship with God. Why will they be strong and courageous? Because they know how to trust God now. They know how to have faith in what he said. That when he said shout and the walls will fall down, you go like, okay, how loud? You know, you're not there going, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if this is going to work. No, this is what he said. This is what we do. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. So because they have this intimate relationship with God, they know how to trust God. They know how to have faith in what he says. And they know how to walk in his grace. God's design is that by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ reaches this potential. Standing empowered by the Spirit with signs and wonders in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. You know, I've, I've spoken with other pastors through the years. And I remember this one in particular time. I was speaking to a pastor up in Virginia. And we were just talking about our churches. And he, sa- and he said, um, I have a church, and I have a lot of people in my church, but I don't have any money. And I said, I have a church. We don't have many people, but we got money. Now, who was the successful church? It'll all depend on your preconceived ideas of what success is. Is it your idea, or is it God's idea? Of success. You don't kick against the grace that works within you. We all have gifts that function according to the grace given. In Corinth, in Corinth, they were always fighting about who had the greatest one. I'm better than you and I can do, you know, and that was just kicking against grace. You know, I, a, a brother Richard Moore, when he would come in and, and he would just stand there and the anointing of God would just drop and everybody would just run around the church or whatever was going on. People would be getting healed. And I would think, man, I would love to have that anointing. And I'd sit down and talk to him. And he says to me, I'd love to have your teaching anointing. <laughs> See, the teaching anointing was my grace. He was operating in his grace. You don't kick against the grace. So there was grace on our church for finances, and there was grace on another church for a number of people. You don't kick against the grace. You know, and I believe that God wants us to be a distribution center. Amen. Amen. And that's what the grace is for. So you have to know what your grace is and move in that. And stop looking at somebody else's grace and say, I need, I wish I had that grace. No, no. The grace God's given you is the best you've got. And if you'd operate in it, you'd never want to function in somebody else's. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. 2 Peter 1, 1. I think it's 2 Peter. Let's see if I got it right this time. I don't think so. Try 2 Peter 1, 1. 
Yes, how about that? Glory to God. It says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received the faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Receive the faith of the same kind as ours. Well, what kind of faith is that? The faith that comes by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's talking about receiving Jesus. You have having received Jesus as Lord of your life. The new birth takes place. You are born again into the kingdom of God. And that righteousness becomes your righteousness, your right standing with God. Isn't that right? So he's talking to those that have received the faith of the same kind. Now, last Believers Meeting, the end of January, we talked about the fellowship of the anointing all through the ages. And all that operated in that was all in like precious faith. Every generation has had a breakthrough of the Spirit and some manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. Each new revival that has come on the earth did not replace the last revival but each one built upon the other. And that's how it's been ever since the day of Pentecost. Every revival building on top of another one. You know, we saw, remember, well, I know you don't remember him, but John Wesley started the Methodist. You know, and he started it in power. The symbol on the Methodist church is the cross and the fire. You know, the blood of Jesus and the fire of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that right? Then we saw the Azusa Street revivals with uh, William Seymour that headed up the Azusa Street revival. There was the Pentecostal outpouring. There was John G. Lake. There was Smith Wigglesworth, Maria Woodsworth, Edda, F.F. Bosworth, many others. The healing revivals that came in the 50s, Our Roberts, Brother Hagen, A.A. Allen. Lots of things going on. There was the Jesus movement of the 60s, the charismatic movement of the 70s, and the Word of Faith movement in the 80s. And every one built on top of the other. And in the 90s, there was the pouring out of divine laughter. So everyone building on top of another one. Okay? And it doesn't mean that when one star, a new one starts, the old one is done. No, you to build upon that. God does things in overabundance so that you can get used to it. For instance, just for an example, the pouring out of divine laughter, okay? Well, he did that a whole lot, but we don't see that much anymore. Why? Well, he's moved on to something else. No, you quit. See, every time that anointing rises up on the inside of you, you should yield to that anointing. Why? Because you've already been involved in it to overflow. So therefore, when it operates, you should know it. And just yield yourself to that. There was a great outpouring of free will offerings. I mean, in the early, was it early 2000s? Yeah, free will offerings. I mean, people run into the altar and just put it, throwing money up on the altar time and time and time again. And then it stopped. Well, why did it stop? Because people quit yielding. Or people sit there and go, I don't want to be the only one. But yet you could be the one that starts it, yeah. you know, and it's the same way in every every move of the spirit of God. The move of John Wesley in the Methodist church, power, power, the Holy Ghost and power moving. Well, he's moved on from that. No, he didn't. The people did. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. 
It's not about the move of God stopped and he's doing something else. No, he he's adds on, builds on, and we are to give ourselves to what he does. Those who know their God. See, if you know him, you'll yield to that anointing of laughter. When you know him, you'll yield to that anointing of giving. When you know him, you'll yield to that anointing that was in the Jesus movement. You'll yield to that anointing of being on fire for him. You'll yield to the anointing of what he wants to do. And in yielding to that anointing, you will display strength and courage. And you'll display it. You will show it. There'll be manifestations of it. But you can't come to church and wait for some conductor standing behind the pulpit going, now everybody laugh. No, that's not how it works. It's yielding yourself to God in you. Are you with me? When we put, where are we at here? Go to Matthew chapter, no, I'm sorry. Psalm 78. Psalm 78, 14. And then we're going to go to Matthew 9, 17. Psalm 78, 14. It says, then he led them with the cloud by day and all the night with a light of fire. So we know that there was a cloud that God led the children of Israel in through the wilderness. And there was a pillar of fire that led them at night. When the cloud moved, the people moved. Isn't that right? If the cloud stood still, the people stayed where they were at. You cannot live successfully today where the cloud was yesterday. Let me say that again. You cannot live successfully today where the cloud was yesterday. God is always moving forward and you need to move with him. Yes. Matthew 9, 17. Nor do people put new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskins burst and the, new, and the wine pours out and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins and both are preserved. He's talking about the new and the old. The old cannot hold the new. And not only are the old wineskins ruined, but the wine is lost also. New wine is for new wineskins so that both would be preserved. So when we put these verses together, put this one together with him leading them by the cloud and the fire at, uh, in the wilderness... We see that we're called to follow the cloud of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be stuck in the old traditions, but we are to be new wineskins to hold the new wine. We are to be new wineskins to hold the new wine. Because we've said it how many times now this year and even last year. God is coming with a great outpouring upon the earth. What it looks like, you have no idea. I have no idea. There is no uh, information, revelation or anything. We just know he's coming. We don't know what it's going to look like. But what do you have to be? A new wineskin to hold the new wine. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We can't be stuck in the old traditions, but we need to be new wineskins. In order to do these things... It is imperative that we get called out of our orbit of habits, our orbit of traditions, and our orbit of wants. Called out from those orbits and get the right things orbiting in our life. 
A good orbit would be, Lord, teach me to walk in your ways. Instruct me that I would do your will. That's a good orbit right there. See, that keeps you new because when he starts to come and he wants to start doing something, you're ready for it because you're new. You're new every day. Teach me to walk in your ways. Teach me and instruct me to do your will. I am here ready for whatever you want. That is a new wineskin. Ready to be filled up with new wine. This is not about, well, this is how I orbit. This is my schedule. You know, God, you know, I love you, Lord. And I do give you a little sliver of my day. I do give you a little sliver in my life. But he wants to be the nucleus. And you can sliver all your other stuff. (laughs) Are you with me? Amen. 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 John the Baptist. You know, he wore animal clothing, didn't he? He ate locust and wild honey. It ain't working today. (laughs) That is not going to take hold today. Clothing has changed since then. Hairstyles have changed. Fashions, decorations, they all change. Why? Because society always wants change. Society always wants change. Because society is so, so... Uh, unfulfilled. Therefore, it always needs change. The new thing is going to make it work. The new thing is going to be good. The new thing is going to be exciting. The new thing. Until the new thing become the old thing, and then you need something else. Because you're so unfulfilled. And that's why society always changes. And that's why the Bible says, do not be given to one that is given to change. Philippians 2.13. Don't worry about it. We'll get your clothes back and your hairstyles and all that. Don't don't worry about it. (laughs) People get nervous. I ain't wearing, I ain't eating locusts and wild honey. (laughs) Philippians 2.13. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work. No, that's wrong. Maybe it's 3.13. There it is. Thank you. 3.13. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Okay? Well, we understand that this has to do with our past life. It has to do with past sins. Isn't that right? And uh, we're a new creature in Christ, praise God. But in the same way, the old former moves of the Spirit are to be remembered and to be built upon, but they are not to be worshipped as, as if they were an immovable pillar of fire or a cloud. It's not to be worshipped because God's always moving. We take those things, we build upon them, we learn from those things, we grow from those things, and we still stay involved in those things but we do not worship them. How many of you were amazed at the fact that God could speak through Balaam's donkey? Yes. I was. 
that the donkey said a little more that he, you know, the donkey actually spoke. Wouldn't, wouldn't you be, aren't you amazed? But you don't parade him around and worship. Look at the donkey. Let's parade him around and worship. God used this donkey. No, you don't parade him around and worship. In the same way, some people want to be paraded around as though they were something special because God used them. It's like people say things like, oh, that was a great man of God. And understand what they're saying. But they were just a normal man of God that God used greatly. And all the praise and the glory goes to God, not to the person. I mean, I will forever remember all the teachings of Brother Hagin. I don't remember them all, but you know what I'm saying. I remember the, the teachings of Brother Hagin and the great foundation that they were. But who gave it to him? And who gets the glory for it? God gets the glory. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We have no idea how God is going to move in these days. We have no idea how God's going to move in this generation. I mean, a lot of people have looked at the next generation or two generations down the road and they go, dear God, I don't know. Well, just think about Jesus ascending into heaven and going, okay, boys, it's now all in your hands. See, God has a lot more faith than we do. You know why? Because God's faith is not in you. It's in the Holy Ghost that's in you. See, he knows what the Holy Ghost can do. Regardless of your rebellion or your obstinance or whether you're willing to obey, he knows what the Holy Ghost can do. And that's where faith is set. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So how he's going to move in the next generation, we don't know. And we could look at things around us and going on and go, well, that ain't God. That's not how we did it with us. Well, remember Daniel chapter 11. People that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. People that know their God. So you can look at somebody and look at something and go, oh, that can't be God. But if you know God, you won't be it won't be determined by your tradition. It'll be determined by what is going on in you and knowing God. We can be a help to the next generation to experience the spirit of God and experience the knowledge of God. That came through the prophets of old so they can lead their generation. Isn't that right? Or we could sit on the sideline thinking that the clouds immovable and the pillar still standing still. And, uh, you know, that's where we are and we're not moving. Now, to teach the next generation does not necessarily take a pulpit. Okay, you know what it takes? A voice. It takes a voice. You know, John the Baptist was not in the synagogues declaring repent. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Yeah. See, it takes a voice. It takes the voice of a parent training their children. It takes the voice of a friend helping someone with an issue. It takes the voice of a business owner sharing truth with those that they have influence over. Our mouth is our pulpit. Here's the question. Who will step into your pulpit? Hmm? Who will we allow to fill our pulpit? You know, in church, we are very, very, very careful. And we're very responsible. And we are very, um, we don't do things haphazardly. We don't let just anybody come in and stand behind this pulpit and talk to you. 
We only let people come in. I don't care if somebody has a great resume. If I don't know you, I will not bring you in. I must know you and have a relationship with you of some sort in order for you to come in. Because not only will you receive what the people say, you will receive who the people are. So we're very careful about those things. Because we don't want anybody or anything or any words just to, fulfill, just to fill this pulpit. And it should be the same way with your mouth. Who will fill your pulpit? Who will you allow in your pulpit? There's a generation that is dying for what's in your pulpit. Amen. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. We're talking about John the Baptist here. Matthew 3, 1 through 4, and then we're going to go over to 13 through 17. It says, Now in those days John the Baptist came preaching, to the, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself had a garment of, ca of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. So John the Baptist comes, and he's actually looking like Elijah and Elisha. He's looking at one of the old prophets. Remember that time that the king sent his uh, man, I think, out to uh, his, his, his man out to, uh, I think, to um, uh, search in uh, for Beelzebub and for insight as far as what the king should do about his sickness. And Elijah interrupts him on his trip. And he says, is there no God in Israel? Is this why you have sent this? And when uh, the man came back to the king and he said, thus and thus, this man came up to me and said these things to me. And the king said, who was that? And he said, well, it was a hairy man. He goes, oh, that's Elijah. Because <laughs> that's how the prophets dressed. They dressed like that. John the Baptist looks just like an Old Testament prophet crying out, repent. Verses 13 through 17. And then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you. You know, this is amazing. This is amazing. John the Baptist was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. That's what Jesus said. Of all the Old Testament prophets, John the Baptist was the greatest. He soared into the hearts of men. He said, you brood of vipers, who has warned you that you would avoid the destruction? You know, and, he, and, he, and he'd call them out. He'd see into their hearts. And here, Jesus shows up, and the first thing John says is, I have need of you. It's amazing how many people get used by God, and they think, I got this. But here's John the Baptist, the greatest of all Old Testament prophets, saying to Jesus, I have need of you. Amen. Uh, go on. I'm going to go. keep going. But Jesus answering him, said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. So then he permitted him. And after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. So we see Elijah 
I mean, uh, John the Baptist was there baptizing. Jesus comes to him. John's dressed in camel's hair, eats wild honey, locust, you know, probably looking a little wild-eyed. <laughs> Jesus now probably comes wearing fine clothing. You know, it was the clothing that the Roman soldiers gambled for at the crucifixion. You know, they weren't gambling for memorabilia. This stuff was worth some money. So Jesus shows up at the water as the new prophet. John was the end of the old. Jesus is the beginning of the new. This new prophet now goes around healing the sick, casting out demons. He held children in his arms, did great signs and wonders. And there was such a contrast right there at the river between the old and the new. But yet both of them were anointed and called by God. Both of them fulfilled their calling. One from the old way of traditions and the other from a new and living way. You know, that's what the Word of God tells us in Hebrews. It talks about all the old sacrifices and rituals and all that. But then it says Christ entered in to the holy place not made with hands. And he prepared a new and living way for us. Isn't that right? Amen. So when we're talking about new things, we're not talking about superficial things like changing fashion in a church, changing decorations in a church, getting away from the pews and bringing in chairs. Now, we're not talking about that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with any of that if that's what you like. But it's about a new and living way. You don't just stop at the new way. Oh, we're doing it a new way. No, it's not about a new way. Because I've been in a lot of churches. Now, I'm not saying I've been in all of them. And, and that, I'm not saying that they're all like this. But I've seen a lot of churches go into the new way of doing things. But it's not a new and living way. It's not new and living. Nothing wrong with the new way. It's got to be living. I mean, I know of a church that the, the pastor that started it was a Rhema graduate fiery, on-fire pastor. I mean, gifts of the Spirit would operate. Healings would take place. The sermons would happen. I mean, they would know something is going on in this building, and we need to find out what it is. And they would find it. It would, it would, they would be manifested. And then the new people came in, changed it all out, made it all brand new to relate to what they think relates to the new generation, but in a living way. We've seen it wane, wane, wane through the years. So like I said, there's nothing wrong with a new way. I remember um, um, coming out of a believers meeting one night. And, you know, in Sunday morning service, always wear a suit. I just always do. Always like to. A lot of people don't like that. I like it. It's my suit. I'm wearing it. So, and I remember after this one believers meeting, I came out and I had, I think, black jeans on, casual shoes. I think I had a jacket on and a casual type shirt, you know, it's a kind of a shirt you don't wear a tie with, you know, that type of a shirt. And, uh, and I walked out into the foyer and your daughter and her husband was out in the foyer that year. It was New Year's Eve. And I come walking out and I was so glad to see them, you know, hadn't seen them in a while, hugged and everything. And Jeremy says to me, is this something new? I'm like, something new, what? And he's talking about my 
clothes. Because I had always worn a suit all the time, but then in the evening services, I started getting more casual. I said, no, well, I said, I do this a lot, and this is just the way I like to dress, and but we're not leaving the living way just for the new way. You understand what I'm saying? See, it's got to be a new and living way. The generation to come will have a lot of new things, but it has to be a living way. I went to a, a pastor's uh, meeting or leadership meeting uh, back in, I think it was November. And there was a young man there, and he was talking about wanting to go into parks, doing worship, doing outreach, and ministering to people in parks. And when he said that, I was like, yes, yes, that is so good. And it just lit up on the inside of me. Then there was other folks that talked about other stuff, and I was like, mm, yeah, no, mm -mm, don't have anything on that. But that one thing really lit up on the inside of me. Young guy. He was probably in his 20s, 20s, early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. Young man. Yeah, compared to young man. <laughs> Younger man. <laughs> so... Uh, there's a new way, but it's going to be a new and living way. And I want to really do get in touch with him and maybe go see some and be invited. I already talked to Dr. Rich about it and going and maybe seeing and see what's going on there because the new and living way is what we want. Are you with me? So again, it's not just a change of fashion or decorations, but having a new and living word. It's the living word of God in us in power. And that should never change. Yes. This is the new and living way that Jesus has prepared for us, not the old way of bulls and goats. As God spoke through the old, he speaks also through the new in many parts and in many ways. In the old, God spoke his word to form the ages. And man, the prophet, had to speak it out without even understanding what it was he was saying. No idea what he was saying. But he would be speaking those things out. Now, in the new, God spoke to us to form the future. And man has to believe it out. In the old, they had to speak it out. In the new, man has to believe it out. Believe it out into a new and living way. Are you with me? So what of the future? Will this generation have a chance? Now, many people say, well, you know, God's spoken. But has man believed it out? Man has to believe it out. Too many people, even in the churches, too many people are waiting it out not believing it out. That's good. Yes. Every generation is not only to move in the Spirit of God, but also to prepare the way for the next generation. Prophecies have been spoken out and are still waiting for those who will receive it. Just like the written Word of God. By His stripes you're healed. He sent his word to heal you and deliver you from your destructions. Jesus, who was rich, became poor so that by his poverty you can become rich. He supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
He left you his peace. He's given you his peace. Not as the world gives peace, but as he gives peace. That's all sitting there and waiting to be received. But what about prophetic? So is that, the Bible calls that the more sure word of prophecy. But it's still sitting there waiting for somebody to receive it. Will you receive that? Maybe you're on live stream. And the question is, will you receive that? See, well, in the same way, prophetic words are given. There was one that was given today. Did you receive that? I bet you forgot it already. That's my guess. I'm guessing you forgot it already. Well, that's just like I do my five minutes every day in the morning in the Bible. I do my five minutes and by 10 o'clock you forgot it. So you didn't receive it. You don't have anything going on. Nothing's working on the inside of you. There's nothing that you're believing out. And therefore, it just sits there. You can't get into your future like that. Are you with me? You, don't not, you do not hear the word of God and say, oh, wow, that was so good, and then walk off and forget it. It's up to us to listen and heed the call. Now, I want to just read to you a couple of things, not, not all of this, but I've just got some things earmarked that was said through the years. Okay? Uh, back in 2018, Dr. Dennis Burke said this, there is a fresh fire and a fresh anointing that hits this house. Not talking about the tiles and the walls and the drywall. He's talking about the people. There's a fresh fire and a fresh anointing that hits this house that doesn't just restore because we're not going back to anything, but it launches this ministry and you personally into stratas that you've seen by the Spirit, and now you're about to experience it. Who's believed that one out? Yeah, I know we all sit there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it in your mouth? Is it in your heart? Are you believing it out? No, probably not. You don't even remember that. Or when I read it, you'll probably go, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. But that don't help you. It don't help you until you know it. In your heart, in your mouth, and display strength and courage to walk in it. 2018, Pastor Nid said this in a believer's meeting. The anointing that he's deposited in me in me, she was talking to me. It is increasing, it's multiplying, and the anointing will break every yoke and every bondage. It is to feed, to shepherd, and to lead my people. The anointing within you will increase to bring about the deliverance and the healing. From this day forward, you will see things plainly and clearly and be obedient to what I show you. And I will bring about for my people to be free, to live free, and to walk free. And this is my goal, my calling, and my giving to this body. So if he's given that to you, have you received it? Is it in your mouth? Is it in your heart? 2018, Dr. Doug Wingate. The grace of God is on the people in this house to fill the house. Everything it's going to take to accomplish the assignment that they have for this community and surrounding communities. The Lord just caused the glory of God to fall on this property. Well, he started it off by saying the grace of God on people to fill the house. So we want the glory of God to fall on the property, don't we? 
We want to fulfill what God's given to us in the community. But how does it all start? By the people working and doing what they need to do to fill the house. If you don't fill the house, you could forget the glory. You can glory, glory, glory all you want. But unless you do what you need to do within that prophetic word, then it doesn't happen. Dennis Burke, 2019. The harvest is being released into this church. And I am releasing the church into the harvest. I am releasing abundant harvest into each person present in the meetings and releasing each person into the harvest. That was in 2019. 2020, we had a big boom financially. Oh, yeah, that was the year of the lockdown, if you don't remember. That year of the lockdown, uh, just our tithes and offerings, not our total income, but just tithes and offerings went up $45,000 that year. Yeah, you can laugh because that, that's worthy of laughing. Yes. yes, glory to God. That would be called harvest. Asking for a revelation of what harvest will look like and how to participate in it. because you're called into a higher level of participation, a higher level of the harvest of the ages of people, a higher level of the harvest of abundance. So it's not just the financial abundance. What about the harvest of the people? Well, that goes back to what Dr. Wingate says. The grace of God is on you to fill the house. Will you receive the grace in vain? Or do the orbits of your life not have room for what God is saying? 2020, Dr. Dennis Burke. Oh, I'm sorry, 2019, Rob Sowell. You, he was talking to me about this. He says, you are about to face an enormous choice in the realm of the spirit, and it will affect this body, this church, and the plan of God. I am going to set you in the cockpit, and you are going to break the sound barrier, and it will feel like all hell is coming against you. But stay with it. Stay with it. The anointing will push you through, and it will push, and you will get to the other side, and it will be a place of peace and rest in God on the other side of breaking the sound barrier. That was the decisions that had to be made during the pandemic that most people didn't like. And I had to stand and say, this is what we're doing. And the anointing has pushed us through. Yes, it does. Thank you, Lord. 2020, Dennis Burke said, the drought is over. The abundance of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is coming, so demand change. Demand change. The stage of invisibility is part of the process of faith. Go back and look again. Elijah heard the abundance long before it ever showed up. Not seeing didn't mean it wasn't real. Just didn't get there yet. But it was coming, and he was totally convinced, and therefore he kept looking, knowing it was coming, and he kept speaking it. Don't tell me it's not here. Go back and look again. Don't tell me it's not there. Go back and look again. In his mouth, in his heart. In his mouth, in his heart. Calling those things that be not. It doesn't change when it gets to prophetic words. The prophetic is the same, and it is waiting for somebody to receive it. And the words are still sitting there just waiting for somebody to say, I'll receive that. I'll take hold of that. I'll believe that. I'll put it in my heart, and I'll put it in my mouth. Pastor Dathan Thomas in 2020, 
She said this through the Spirit of God. There will be an endowment of power that gets poured out. We will see it and we will experience it. It will not be in every church, every organization, or every gathering. It will be where I put my hand. It will be where my spirit can move. It will be where my spirit will not be quenched. It will be for those that are crying out to God for his presence and his power. Do you cry out to God for his presence and his power in the corporate anointing, in the ministry? Or are you just dragging in, hoping to get here because the orbits of your life are beating you down? Come on now, it's time to be honest. You don't change if you're not honest. She went on to say, thank you, Lord, for filling this house. Same thing that Dr. Doug Wingate said. We all have a part to play in this revival. Cry out, here I am, Lord, flow through me. See, every one of these has directions for us. It's not just a nice word and go, oh, yeah, that was so good. What a great meeting that was. Go to lunch and forget about it. 2021, Dennis Berg said, from Isaiah 58, 11 and 12, the Passion Translation, that we would be known as repairers of the cities and restorers of communities. Ephesians 2, 5, the mirror says, we were co-quickened together with Christ. We are co-included in his resurrection, co-elevated in his ascension, equally present in the throne room of the heavenly realm where we are co-seated with him in his, ex- in his executive authority and we are fully represented in Christ Jesus. You know what you do with all this stuff? Change all the orbits of your life, get things in order and have the proper nucleus and fulfill the things God wants you to do and stop saying, but I've got so many orbits going on, I don't have time for the things God wants for me to do. It's time for change. Do you think God can't take care of you? You know, I remember when I had my business, uh, the automotive business, and I would work five and a half days a week. Saturday afternoon after I closed the shop, I would go home and, and then work all Saturday afternoon getting ready for Sunday. Sunday, we had Sunday morning service, passed out Sunday afternoon, and then had a Sunday night service. That was the whole week, all tied up. You know, I made a decision. I said, you know, if God can't meet my needs in five days, he's not going to do it in five and a half days. Are you kidding me? So I said, we're going to have uh, work five days a week. No more five and a half days. Ridiculous. That was my attitude towards it. I said, five days a week. I said, Saturday morning now will be... Study time. When I'm done studying, the rest of the day will be family time with my wife and my kids. And that was it. And then Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night services. You understand what I'm saying? See, we think sometimes with our orbits, I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to do. I got to do. I got to have these things. It's because there's no faith that God can take care of stuff. It's no different than people that, I don't want to bring my kids to church for whatever reason. Because you have no faith. Well, I mean, you know, my, my, I can't bring my kids to church. And they're, you know, sitting in church for two hours, that's too much for them. No faith. That's the only problem. R.W. Schombach said that. You don't have any problems. You just need faith in God. See, we haven't learned to take faith and move it over into other areas of our life. Faith is, to be, is designed to be used in every single area of our life. 
Now, I don't have faith over my kids anymore. Dear God, my daughter just turned 55. I don't have any faith. I don't have faith for her life. She's, she's old enough. She makes her own choices. My son is 46. He's old enough to make his own choices. My grandson is 30. He's old enough to make his own choices. My other grandson is 27. He's old enough to make, and 28. He's old enough to make his own choices. My other grandson is 18. He don't live in my house. And the other grandson is 13. He don't live in my house. I can pray for them. They're not under my authority. Are you with me? See, this is all about preparing the next generation. You could teach your children faith just by believing God and then showing them how things change in their life. Amen. But if you haven't taken it to yourself, what have you got to share? This is what salvation looks like. This is what it's to be lived in. And this is what should be experienced so that it brings influence to others as repairers and restorers. Amen. Now, don't come to me later and say, could you print those things out for me? We printed them out for you already and gave them to you. What? No. I've already printed them out. You already got them. You need to find them. So you do the work and find them. Don't look to me to do the work and reprint them all. Are you with me? Don't listen, to the, don't listen to the one given to change. Yes, I know you do. I'm more like dad that wants to develop the discipline. I should have learned after 40 years, but I still do that. So all of these things are wonderful. But we cannot just shout about what we hear. It's not just about, I remember that, or yeah, I remember hearing that. You got to pray it. You have to believe it. You have to declare these things into the realities of your life. What prevents us from pressing into stuff like this? Old habits, orbits, nucleuses that need to be changed. Amen. And it could be simple things, simple things. You know, there's times that I, I, have two, I have two types of solitaire games on my iPad. It's the only games I play, solitaire, okay? And it's two different types. And I found myself to be where, because they have like daily challenges. So I found myself to where, oh, I need to do the, the daily challenge and, and do this stuff. And then I go to bed at night and I realize, oh, I wanted to read something in the Word, and I didn't. See, my orbit was wrong. Yeah. Orbit's wrong, and change needs to be made. Now, there's nothing wrong with playing the games, but it's got to be in the right priorities. Are you with me? And we all have stuff like that in our, house, in our life. We have to get them into the right priorities. The old habits, the old orbits, the old nucleuses that need to be changed. So what does it take? Strong and courageous to do the things that the Lord declares for our victory over the walls of Jericho that are surrounding and protecting our nucleus that has to come down. That nucleus has to be changed. When the nucleus starts to change, you'll see orbits start to change. 
Are you with me? It's a wall of Jericho. It's around the nucleus. It's protecting itself. And it's only up to us to tear it down. So that the word of God, the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God and his words become the nucleus that our life will then emanate from. He is not looking to be a sliver of your life. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And all the slivers of life should be what emanates from him. He said to Martha, who was so busy serving, Mary has chosen the good part. Not the only part, but the good part. Why? Because unless the nucleus of your life is Jesus, his word, the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God, unless that's the nucleus of your life, everything else is works. And you're spinning your wheels and going no place. And eternity will not be kind. And we want to step into an eternity with rewards. But it comes from the good part. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, to uh, 9.30 so with Pat here on teaching about growth and the word of God, want to break up something out of our unrenewed mind. The spirit of God right up inside of me. And I, I don't know what to do with us now. I can see. That's why he wanted me to tell you. He says, tell my people. The thing I asked him to change, the thing that I decided him to uh, take hold and break up, it's not for the bondness, not because to take anything away from your life, because he happened the destiny, the goal that adds on the holy power, the mind, dominion back into your life so you can live and walk the way he desired you to live and walk, the life that he called you and me to live today. He said, don't be afraid. It's not going to be a lot to you. It will be gain in your footstep. So now I understand why yes. he wants me to tell you this. So you don't have to be fearful. Oh, I got to let that go. I got to quit this. And I got, I got to stop that. Not because those things are going to give you a break. But what he wants you to do, he asked you to do today is to give you a break. Break free from those things that hold you down and bring you back. And that's why he wants you to know, fear not. This is a good thing. This is going to make you step over the hump that you get stuck for years. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, just on that alone, we could go another hour just on what we just heard there. But I will have mercy on your soul. Thank you. <laughs> but you need to take that as well as you take in everything else today. Take all of these things and... Don't do a, uh, you know, like you're cramming for a, uh, a test tomorrow, like you did in school. It's not cramming. This is just taking it piece by piece yeah. and getting something in you that you can develop, grow. And, um, you know, we, we read quite a lot of things here. So imagine if one of you took something from Dr. Burke in 18, somebody took something from Pastor Nid in 2018, somebody took something from Doug Wingate in 2018, somebody took something from Dennis Burke in 19, uh, Datha Thomas in 20, and that sort of thing. See, that gets the whole gamut, and you have a piece and a portion and a part. Yes. 
and all the parts work together. You understand? So you don't have to try to cram in the whole thing, okay? Take the part that really does just minister into your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we bless you. We honor you, Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Just bless him. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you're more than enough in every situation. You are our everything and our all in all. Thank you, Lord, that you are our healer, deliverer, provider, protector. You are all that we need. Thank you, Lord God, that you watch over us, that you keep us, that you give your angels charge over us, that we'll not even dash our foot against a rock. Oh, Father, I just thank you that because we live in you, we live for you, we live in your kingdom, Father, and we do the things of the kingdom that will not be shaken, will not be uh, set loose, that, that we will continually grow and take hold of you and press into you more and more and more and more. Father, I thank you that it's by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the word that gets deposited inside of us that the Holy Spirit can lead us through. And Father, I thank you that we continue to grow and increase and develop in you more and more and more. And like we heard in the 930 service, hungering and thirsting, hungering and thirsting, hungering and thirsting, hungering and thirsting, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Father, as we come before you with our giving, I thank you for the opportunity to bring our tithes and our offerings in to the kingdom, to bring it into your presence, to bring it in and worship and honor you with our giving because you are so worthy. With all that you've given to us, you held back nothing. You gave us all that you had. You gave us the very best that you were even willing to put heaven itself on the line, that if Jesus failed, it would have been all over, would have been all done, but he didn't fail. And you, you put all that on the line for us because of your great love for us. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, as we come before you now, that we do so with reverence and honor and to worship you with our giving. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thanks again for joining us on live stream, on podcast. Glad that you could be with us today. And I do pray that the word of God has brought increase into your thinking and increase into your believing. And get ready. Get ready to be, be that new wineskin holding the new wine because the new wine is getting ready to be poured out. If you'd like to sow into the ministry, you can go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net and click on the giving link. And I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. If there's anything at all that we can pray with you about, please let us know. It is always an honor. We consider it an honor to stand with you before our God and against your enemy and believe for your need to be met. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.